And now, a special podcast presentation from the Gobeski Wallace Report. Welcome to Alpha and Omega, your complete guide to the wild, woolly universe of Alpha and Alpha-related media. I am your host, Jerry Harris. I we've got. A... Am I not introducing myself? Oh no, of course. Sorry, I got a little bit excited about this week's episode, but uh, yes, I am your substitute host, uh, Chip Corrington. And oh, as always, Chip, I am very, very thankful you are here today. Yes, hello, alcoholics. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, this is an episode that I've been excited about for a long time. Uh, it's probably my favorite of the original run of ALF. So everyone, I know that it is April. However, because we have to go in order, today we are celebrating Christmas and we are going to be discussing the ALF Christmas special. Uh, it's my favorite episode. It, um, I think I'm just very excited because it takes... All of the things that we like about Alf, all of the the humor and all of the uh, family interaction, it kind of flips it on its head and does something different. So um, this is one that, you know, I, I was normally I was going to celebrate Christmas uh, at the usual time on December 25th. And I decided, you know, as usual, I had to watch the Alf Christmas special on Christmas and I couldn't do it this year. So I am celebrating Christmas today. And uh, how did your family feel about that decision? Uh, they weren't happy, but scale of one to 10, it's about a 1.5. I would say it's not something that they were excited about, especially my mother. I mean, she's always said that I'm a passionate person ever since I started watching Alf back in 1989. Of course, I think she always thought that my passions would go move on towards something else. But, uh, this is where we're at, mom. Uh, so, uh, I went over to my parents house across the street this morning at 8 a.m sharp which is when we're allowed to open our presents and we opened up our stockings and we gave each other gifts and uh you know the usual christmas stuff and uh it was a little bit later than they're they're used to celebrating it but um i, I think they were happy to have me there can, can i ask what what did you get oh geez well uh there is this very rare alf trading card it's the uh, it's a misprint uh, where it talks about his home planet of Mel Mar rather than Mel Mac. There was only one printing of uh, this particular card, and uh, I think there's five known copies in the world. Uh, so I asked my parents if maybe, you know, I gave them a hint, maybe that'd be something I'd be interested in. Um, and uh, they did find a copy for me. I think it set them back maybe $1,500 or so. But, um, you know, I sometimes on Christmas, I'll just say, well, just give me one thing, right? I don't need birthday presents, you know, just if you can get me just one gift, you know, that that'll be acceptable this year. I'm already regretting asking this question. How about you? What did you what did you get this elf Christmas? Uh... I got the experience of seeing this episode of Alf for the very first time. Really? Wow. That... How many times had you seen this thing? Um, well, I watch it every Christmas. So that's 38 times 
plus I'll watch it halfway through the year, which is um, probably about 100 and 112, if I had to guess. So yeah, that surprises me you haven't seen this episode. Now, I know you say that every week, but it just seems to me like this is one that maybe, you know, you just would have, you know, just, I, I would have sat down and made you watch at some point, or you could have come over on Christmas to watch it with me. I mean, I've invited you. I, I realize I've told you this every week since your previous co-host quit, which was 30 episodes ago. <clears throat> you know, I don't like to talk and about him. You keep promising me that you are going to find a replacement. Because as I keep telling you, I have not seen Alf. I've only seen the episodes you keep making me watch. Well, we'll get there, and buddy. Since you, since you don't want to skip episodes, and I didn't see the first few, so I don't know what's going on. I don't care enough to go back. Again, I 100% appreciate you being here. I know it's something that you don't have to do. And I know that the microphones are yours. And I know that... You set up the guests every week, and I know that... I only set up the guests so that I'm not the only one talking about something I don't know anything about. Oh, and speaking of guests, uh, our special guest uh, today is a a guy that I uh, met at the grocery store, out in front of the grocery store, a couple of weeks ago, and we we had had a good conversation. When I introduced you to him? Yes, we met outside the grocery store, and you introduced me to him. Yeah. Just, just checking. I didn't think you found actual guests on your own. So his name is Dennis Mason. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Are you excited to talk about Elf? Yes, it, I, I am. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. So who's, uh, who's Dennis? Um, oh well, most people know me by uh, by my nickname, Dimebag. Oh, Dimebag Dennis. Oh, hey, Dimebag. Hey, good to see you again. You know, that's such a unique name i love it like sometimes i wish that somebody would give me a nickname you know because jerry harris like it's already kind of neat and it rhymes but you know i was just always kind of hoping to have a a, a nice close relationship where someone would give me a name like dime bag Uh, you actually i don't know if you know this at work you actually have a nickname very similar to dime bag oh no kidding Ooh. when when we when we go back to work monday you should absolutely ask them Oh, okay. Well, they'll be more than happy to tell you. Anyway, Christmas. Oh, yes, Christmas. So, uh, my parents opened up presents with me, and then, um, oh, not that Christmas, Christmas on TV. This, uh, so let me give you a little bit of a synopsis of what happens in this, uh, Christmas special. Alf has gone to, um, a cabin in the woods with his family and causes a little bit of trouble. It's Christmas, and, uh, he doesn't really understand. The meaning of Christmas and starts opening up all the presents and understandably Willie gets really upset and sends him away. And then Alf ends up at a children's hospital and uh, meets a few uh, interesting characters there and uh, learn learn some valuable lessons about the the true meaning of Christmas and what what you should value. Sorry, I just had a flashback of having to watch that and then I just had to relive it. Now I, I wanted to mention that um, for all of you out there who want to find this episode, um, it is available on Amazon Prime now, I believe. So all of you out there with your Region 1 version of the DVDs, usually you're having you're missing out on some of the conversation because those are all the syndicated 
uh, versions with parts cut, but the Christmas special is actually in the full version there. So no matter where you watch it, if you watch it there, if you watch it on Amazon Prime, you shouldn't have any trouble keeping up with what we're talking about in the episode. So that's just another reason why this is one of my favorites is that everybody knew it was a classic and that it wasn't to be messed with. I mean, we should probably start with the aspect of the episode that I actually found the most engaging, which was the very opening song. Oh, yeah. This was the most engaging just because I knew we would get to play this sound clip. For anyone just tuning in this episode, we will always do a cat count. We'll see how many cats actually show up in the whole episode of ALF. Usually it's just one. It's the Tanner's cat, Lucky. But actually in this episode, the cat count is zero. There were no cats that showed up in the entire episode. But as you pointed out, there's actually an ironic inversion of the usual. And ALF is counting cats in the 12 days of christmas but it's a, a he's changed the uh different presents to cats that he's going to eat so uh, that was a a clever way to uh start out the episode and get uh get everybody on board with what was happening you know we know it's a christmas episode uh and we know it's alf so Dimebag, did you enjoy the singing uh the the elf singing yeah yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was great i thought he had a you know, he has a great voice and a real, like, infectious personality um, that really, really makes you want to sing, sing with him. And uh, I liked, I liked how he was able to get, he was able to spread the the singing to those around him as well, mm, get that's, them to sing that, that, in front of other people. That, that is an interesting interpretation uh, of that scene. I, I hadn't really thought about maybe that the, the family joined in, but uh, I can... I agree. It was very infectious. It's something that uh, I will sing with my family on Christmas. And indeed, uh, they have a little trouble getting them to sing along. But uh, over the years, over the years, they've I've uh, whittled down their resistance. So the twelve cat days of Christmas. It's always it's always a highlight. So uh, would I be correct in assuming that uh, this is a quote unquote very special? episode oh is it ever so usually in very special episodes of television shows we, we get a little bit more serious we have we have real topics that we talk about and uh this this special is, is no exception in fact that's what i love about this episode so much is that it's not it's not afraid to get real you know usually alf is such a fun loving guy and you know he always learns a lesson but i think this is probably the deepest of all the lessons he learns it's like what is the real meaning of christmas and you know he deals with people that just have completely different experiences and and aren't as lucky as he is to have a family who cares about him you know this this one doesn't have the laughs i don't think that, that most alf episodes have but uh but it's the one that really sticks with me all right. I got to say, uh, when I watched this episode, um, that's that's not what I got out of it. Oh, really? I- I'd love to know your take. Again, maybe this is because I'm missing something because I don't know the setup. But this just seemed like a bizarre peek into a strange universe where people don't know about the Virginia Santa Claus editorial where uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Just. Well, it's actually it's actually nice because I have a clip of it that we can play for the audience. Oh gosh, not again. 
yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist. How dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. And what what a unique way to end the episode, talking about the extinguishing of, of childhood. Yeah, I just saw like a puppet just kind of sitting, chilling on a sleigh. And it's very obvious that for a large part of it, it's literally just a puppet. Like you just look at this thing, you're like, that's a toy. There, there's there's no one in there. I I don't I don't believe I don't believe this. But that was key to the plot, right? Is that he was mistaken for a toy. Yeah, because he is a toy. Well, you know, agree to disagree on that one. But um, I felt that it was very effective. At what? At um, tugging at the heartstrings, I think. Like, uh, I wanted to ask you, Dimebag, uh, did you feel any uh, emotional? Oh, oh, yes. I mean, I, you know, although there was quite a bit of humor, you know, I, I definitely felt a, a real connection to the characters and the message, you know, about learning the the real meaning of uh, Christmas. I, I noticed, interestingly, you said earlier that uh, that it was about um, Elf um, learning the the true meaning of Christmas, but almost uh, my interpretation almost kind of flips that in that I think that Elf was teaching the real meaning of Christmas to those around him. Oh, well, he does certainly do that to Mr. Foley. Is that his name? Yes, George Foley. George Foley, not not George Bailey in this case. I'm glad you picked up on it. I thought that was the that was a very clever illusion that uh, it's a wonderful life reference. Another ah, Christmas yes. classic. I would say my number two favorite uh, holiday watching experience. Yet another of our long running disagreements on the use of the word clever. So I want to I want to take this opportunity to go to another one of my favorite segments that we do every episode, uh, Alf IRL. This is the segment, again, if this is your first time listening. So this is the segment where everyone recounts how this episode is, was reflected in their own life, like an experience you had that was similar to how, what the characters have. So, Chip, was there anything that this episode reminded you of? So, so there's a, the second half with the pregnant woman, uh, the hilariously crazy father-to-be, and then she gets stuck in the elevator, and they immediately say, oh, well, it's Christmas, there's no one on duty. And that, that immediately reminded me of the fact that that's complete crap and there's always someone on duty because I've been that person who had to come in on Christmas to fix something. So frickin' call someone who you're supposed to call so they can come and fix the darn elevator rather than having Santa Claus come and screw around with a screwdriver trying to figure out which breaker fixes the elevator. Sounds kind of dangerous. It was really interesting how he went at the that breaker box with a, with a set of tools. Yeah. Instead of just flipping like the breakers. He, and he pressed all the buttons at the same time, too. Like, that really doesn't help anybody. Hmm, yeah. When you're trying to get up to each floor. Uh, my personal experience that was similar to this was the time that uh, my parents and I went to uh, a cabin without uh, without electricity. It was it was near Christmas, and I had gone outside to collect holly, and 
I had accidentally brought in some poison oak, which my father rubbed on his face. So it's, it's it just reminded me of that experience that I had too. Now, um, in that that exact same experience happened in this. Well, yeah. I mean, this is what the experience is based on. I mean, that's why we did it. That's why I took my family there. Just trying to recreate that magic from that episode. Um, my father was not happy with me. Uh, in fact, he, you know, it had the intended effect. He sent me out into the woods and told me not to come back too. So uh, it, was, it was very similar to the ALF special, just the way I had planned. Except I was wandering around the woods for a couple of days. I couldn't find the hospital. No no truck came to pick me up. But uh, I would say the first half of it was, was pretty close. A top top five Christmases, I would say. What about you, Dimebag? Got any elf in real life? IRL experiences? Anything in this that reminded you of something happened to you? So I'm not the only one with like a semi-sane story? You know, it really does remind me of the time that, that I got to meet my biological father for the first time i think it really was you know i could i could really relate to to uh elf and and you know his his first time meeting his father yeah that's what elf that's what i've always said elf is designed to do it's to to bring families together and that's what i've been trying to do with my family too How, how did your your meeting with your biological father go you know it went considerably better than elf's um, really yeah yeah, there, there wasn't that rough patch that Elf experienced, but you know it wasn't all sunshine and roses right from the beginning. But you know, in the end, the end result was the same. So are you still, yeah, and still on good terms with your father even now? Yes, yes. See, yeah, that's the sort of happy story that uh, we love to hear on uh, Alpha and Omega. Yeah, I think actually I'm going to recommend that he watch this, that he watch Elf. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part? Oh, like, w- like what about it makes you want to recommend this to him to watch? Because that wouldn't have been my first choice. So I'm curious to see what you found so interesting about it. I think the part where everyone comes to believe in the real Santa Claus and the Christmas spirit begins to to well up in everyone, even the once skeptical dad. You know, just seeing that uh, time of people coming together on Christmas. It was really, really powerful. And I think any, any, everyone should see that. So I would, before we get any farther, I do want to talk about my favorite scene from it. So it's my, my favorite scene from my favorite episode of Alf. This is where uh, he is talking with um, a little girl whose name is Tiffany, who's mistaken him for a doll. Um, but later Alf uh, reveals his true nature and uh, they have uh, this little, little touching conversation. Do you want to know a secret? If you want to tell me. I'm going to have to move on to another world, too. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. And I'm afraid to go, Alf. I know I'm not supposed to be afraid, but I can't help it. It's all right, Tiffany. It's all right to be afraid. No. Maybe in the next world that I'm going to, we'll have Christmas all year round. Could be. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention before that clip that she has some sort of terminal disease. So Alf does know that she's dying. Uh, the audience knows she's dying. But uh, I felt it was really bold of the writers to include that. So, yeah, what did everyone else think about that part? Did they did they tear? I, I know I teared up 
I tear up every time, and so did Alf. I uh, I teared up and I hated myself for it. I was so mad at myself. I was like, "Don't get choked up. It's just Alf." <laughs> See, I I knew it would get to you eventually. It it took it took many many episodes, but I think we're we're finally breaking through. I think we're making a breakthrough today. So it's a dime bag. What do you th- do? You find that part very emotional? You know it. <sighs> It must not have had quite the effect on me that it did you guys because really? I'm ha- yeah I'm having a little trouble remembering at what point that happens. Oh geez, yeah, it's right. Well, it is right in the middle. I mean, it's forty. So the I think without commercial interruptions, it's about forty-seven minutes long. Um, so I I guess I can you know you can be forgiven for tuning out a little bit in the middle, but. Uh, you don't remember the part where Elf talks to a terminally ill girl? Mm, you know, there he did talk. He talked to some girls, I think. I don't. I don't know that they were terminally ill or not. Uh, like a blonde? Yeah, yeah. He talks to a, a blonde girl. Like a lot? Um. Yeah, he talks to her a lot. Yeah. Okay. That she's the terminally ill girl. <sighs> Really? Yeah. Oh. Right, man. like she shows up at the end, uh, but I I think she's she's on her way out, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Wow, that really makes it a lot more sad now that I know that. Man. Well, I think it's supposed to be a bittersweet ending on some level. We're going to have to revisit that knowing that now cuz you know that really really adds a different different feel to it. So, uh Dimebag, I wanted to ask you um uh, after having seen this, you know, what's your, what's your whole feeling on Alf in general as a character? Because I, I like to know what different people's experiences are with him and if they've, their, their day has been brightened in the same way that mine has every time I see Alf. He has this kind of like infectious exuberance that, that, you know, may kind of put some people off at first, uh, you know, especially busy city folk. But, you know, I think in the end they come to, to realize that he's, He's just there to make their lives better and happier and and then give them more Christmas spirit. You what know, about and, the part where he delivers the baby? Um right the part where he's trapped the in the ele- he's trapped in the elevator and he delivers the baby and keeps making jokes about not knowing where babies come from and he has to read like a a book that they have in there and he doesn't mm. know the difference between boy and a girl. And he like makes the malpractice jokes, and then there's like the joke about the golfing because I guess Alps into golf. Boy, I didn't. I don't. I I especially don't. I don't remember him being into golf. Like, what I do didn't you think remember? That him, was what do you remember him being into? Maybe because maybe I, I missed think, something. I don't think they golf at the at the North Pole. Hmm. North because like you wouldn't be able to see the ball. You know. Oh, because the guy's dressed like Santa. Yeah, and uh, how he's from the from the North Pole, you know where he grew up. Where he grew up. Wait, yeah. wait d- didn't he grow up on Melmac? Melmac is that another name for the North Pole? I mean, it might be. I didn't see the first few episodes. <sighs> Dimebag, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, hopefully, you can answer for me. Was the father figure in the thing you watched played by celebrated character actor Max Wright? You know that that's hard to say. I don't think I know the name of of the uh, the dad in Elf. What do he look like? Um, you know, kind of a middle aged white male. 
All right, that's that sounds about right. You know, seem to have a little bit of a short fuse. I think we're okay. Yeah, could you just just one more question for clarification? Could you describe what Elf looks like for me? Well, he he looks like uh, he's pretty he's pretty tall. Tall, you know, like he doesn't fit in. It's not. He, yeah, he looks like he's not from the the area. You know, he he looks pretty strange. How's his nose look? Um, big nose. I'd say it's a you know me- medium kind of normal size. Mm. Okay, the with what you watched was was Alf wearing a green Alf costume with red tights. I think they were actually yellow, from what I recall. Uh, Dimebag was was Alf played by Will Ferrell. Yeah, from what I can tell, yeah, it was Will Ferrell. Uh, Will Fer- Fer- is that how you say it, Pharrell? Oh. Will, Will Ferrell? <sighs> well, here we are again, listeners. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, won't get fooled again. And then, what is this chip? Seven, eight? Thirty-seven. The, the Thirty-seven times we've done this show. And everybody always watches Elf instead of Alf. Can you tell the difference? Elf? Alf? Elf? Elf? Yes, Elf. Like the furry, fuzzy alien guy. Huh? Did you watch the 2003 John Favreau comedy film with Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel? Oh, so that's who who the girl was? Every time I ask if we can watch Elf instead of Elf, and you tell me no. I love Elf. I don't love Elf. I really really liked it. It's a great movie. That was great. Are there more of them? Like... It's, it sounds like there's a whole series. No, but. it turns out it turns out there's not. There's yes, there's just yes. that. It's a delightful then, film. Everyone um, loves it. I mean, there's a there's a musical. Oh, there's there's the Elf musical. Oh, that sounds fun. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great, especially if you like if you like uh, Elf. Um, and then obviously there's the there's the animated special from a couple years ago, uh, Buddy's Musical Christmas, which is also I'm on board with that. Even though it has Jim Parsons in it, who I'm not the biggest fan of, it also has Mark Hamill. So sign me up. Yes, yes, do tell. Do tell some more about Elf, which is not what this show is about. However, I guess we did create the whole segment for just such an occasion. We use every single episode. What's your favorite scene? What's your favorite scene? What's your favorite scene? The one where he gets in a fight with the fake Santa Claus and he tells him that you sit on a throne of lies. Oh, that part's so great. I, love yeah. I, also, lo- I also love the part where he doesn't know how to use an escalator and he's just like stretched way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does the splits like that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> it's good humor. But wouldn't it be better if it were an elevator and instead of doing the splits, there was a pregnant woman on the elevator? And he tried to deliver the baby, but didn't know how. I mean, it just seems like a better comedic moment to me. Oh, and then he gets in a fight with Peter Dinklage. Oh. Guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, the children's author, the hot shot. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. He really beats him up bad. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So wait, just so we're clear, this is the movie you watch with your family every year, Jerry? Elf? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Was I still involved in this podcast? I don't know. Uh, you don't have to be. We're, we're talking elf. Well, I mean, maybe that's where we should go. That seems to be what everybody wants to do. So, And I've certainly gotten more fan mail related to elf. Uh, rather than elf, oh, it's our most popular what's, segment. So, What's, what's, the, what's the best uh, email you've gotten about elf? Um, I don't know. Something along the lines of uh, why don't you do a podcast about elf instead of elf? Because everyone gets confused anyway and everyone likes that better. Um, I usually get a couple of those emails a day. What? Everyone likes Alf better than Elf? No, uh, e-, e Elf. They they said E. Did e-, e Um. Hmm. E Elf. E Elf. E Elf Fudge. Oh, I love E Elf Fudge. Yeah. Oh, you good. ever eat E Elf Fudge while watching Elf? <laughs> I I think I know what I'm doing tomorrow night. Yeah, you do, dime bag. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, so it's Christmas. It's Elf Christmas. So. You know, however way you want to celebrate, I guess, is okay with me. You know, maybe I shouldn't be such a, a stick in the mud watching, you know, making everybody watch the Elf Christmas special. Maybe we should watch Elf 2. Not instead, but 2. There's an Elf 2? Really? Whoa. When's that coming out? Um, I, I, think you're, I think you're missing the point. Sounds but um, So do you think in, in Elf 2 that it's going to show them with their Elf and the and the blonde girl um, have in their future together with their baby and stuff. Oh yeah. Or, or does yeah, she, wait, yeah. is she die? Is she? No, 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 no. That was, that was, that was, uh, that was some show that Jerry wanted us to watch. You don't have to worry about that. No, she's fine. Oh, okay. oh, fine. Re- oh good. Yeah. You know, that's uh, a huge relief. Well, everyone, was... this has been another edition of alpha and Omega, your complete guide to the wild woolly universe of alpha and alpha related yeah. media. Yeah, um, just, my name's Jerry Harris. And, uh, that was Chip oh, Corrington okay. and uh, our good and guest Dimebag, you know, and um, I, I think I, you know, I think we'll just leave a recording, and they can they can release their yeah, own podcast. Yeah, but you know on, what? Uh, uh, we're going to be back next week. Part. We're going to be talking about episode forty. It's called sure. "Boy Next Door," and it was written by Al Jean and Michael Rice, my two favorite writers. Oh, I actually, it's a very special episode. Not the same way as this was special episode, but. Um, hey, well, I'm getting excited again. I think I think it's uh, yeah, uh, rekindling my excitement. I think this podcast is to be talking about that episode. So, um, tune in next week, everybody, and uh, keep looking up to the stars and being inspired by this wonderful strangers around you. And just you know, one episode at a time. Just you know, watch the pilot. Yeah, and then we can pilot have conversations about like Schmitty and coach and, and the whole gang. It'll be just oh, great. Cool. Well, he, he did seem a little, uh, a little bit naive about human biology to, and, and culture as well, to a certain extent. Um, so he was in the elevator and he's shortly after he's talking to the terminally ill girl. Oh, okay. Girl. Yeah. Right, and then he hides under a gurney and gets trapped in an elevator with the pregnant woman because of, mm. you know, contrivance. Yeah, it, it's okay around this point for for to give a little bit, Paul. <laughs> I appreciate the work you've been doing. You've been doing a really good job, but we will eventually have to get there. <laughs> Just gonna play it for as long. As <laughs> I did ask for that. I it is know, my I'm, fault. I'm like, what can I say that just <laughs> <laughs> back him into a corner so far that he's like, 
I have to break it. <laughs> oh, we could keep doing that. I mean, it's entertaining in and of itself. Isn't that what we always do with Paul? <laughs> He's on the show. It's Frankie Muniz. <laughs> Just push it to the limit till there's there's nothing more to squeeze out. was the father figure in the thing you watched played by celebrated character actor max wright uh max wright Mm. Max Wright. Hmm. Click, 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 click. Paul doesn't know who played the dad in Elf. Oh, yeah. He's the dad in Elf, so all you have to say is, like, no. (laughs) There's James Conn or whatever. Paul doesn't know who played the dad in Elf. Oh, in Elf. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I had to look it up because he wasn't there. Uh, Spent more time on IMDb there. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Sorry.